The story I'm going to is well familiar, but don't think of it as a Sunday school story. Think of this as a teaching. Jesus was preaching in his own city, and, and, and there was, he was teaching the word, it says, the word. And uh, there was no room left. The place was packed to capacity. And you know the story, a, a, a man was carried in, I saw that last week, people carried in who were raised up and there in that, in that stadium right there, several people, they said, uh, I, I, what has God done? They said, I couldn't walk. I've been paralyzed. So then my next question would be, because I'm a, an inquisitive type, I would say, well, if you couldn't walk, how did you get here, right? <laughs> that makes sense, right? And they say, well, I was carried here. Then I would say, well, who carried you? Where are the people? Then I'd drag them out of the stands so they come up and verify the thing. So I'm not just telling a Bible story. We see this happen today. And I believe for healing and miracles today. And so anyhow, so there was a man carried by four and they couldn't get in because of the crowd. And so they, they said, think, let's think. That's what I'm going to ask you to do, think. Faith starts thinking differently. Uh, they, they said, there's got to be some way. It looks impossible. It looks like we could say, well, this wasn't the right time. It wasn't your day for a healing, uh, mister, here on the, on the bed. It's not your time right now, but, but let's think. Maybe you've come up against an obstacle. Maybe you have some difficulty in your family with immigration, in your physical body, in your mind. And what's happening right now, faith is going to rise. And when faith rises, you begin to think. There should be a way. There's got to be a way. It looks impossible. And so one of them, whether it was one of those who carried him or it was the man himself, we do not know. Uh, they said, well, let's climb up on the roof. If you lift me up there, there are tiles. We can lift the tiles off the roof and then we can get some ropes. You got to find a way. See, faith finds a way. Say that with me. Faith finds a way. And so they lowered him down. There he is. He's going down and then he's interrupting Jesus's meeting and Jesus is looking. He sees a big hole in the, in the roof and this bed is coming down and the poor man on the bed, he can't see anything except for his four friends peeking through the opening. And then the bed hits the floor. And without anything at all, this is, this is shocking. Without any great contrition, without the man breaking down in tears, Jesus immediately turns to him and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. And when Jesus says that, it was like dropping a bomb because there were theologians. You know the theologians. They were the really religious elite. They were present there and they began to argue. Is that right? Can you talk like that? Can you just forgive somebody's sins like that, carte blanche? I, I didn't see, did he really repent? Was he ready for that? How could Jesus just make a statement like that? Just a, just a blanket statement, your sins are forgiven. You know, it's still controversial today. So I want to tell you, your sins are forgiven. 
Your sins are forgiven. Jesus is the Lamb of God who put away the sins of the world. That includes your sins and your family's sins. And according to 2 Corinthians 5, 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins and trespasses against them. So there it is for you. This is good news. God doesn't count your sins or your family's sins against you. And if that isn't enough, let me give you a third scripture. They're just popping out so fast you can hardly count them. It says, children don't sin. But if anybody sins, we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, and I go here to the, to the real original, he is the mercy seat. He is the mercy seat for our sins, but not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. So I can stand here in good conscience, not making it too sweet, not making it too nice for you, and just telling you, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. When were they forgiven? Jesus, by one sacrifice, put away your sins once for everyone. It is done. God is smiling on you today. And even today when I make such an announcement as I often do, people get upset. Oh, he shouldn't be talking that nice. He should be making it more difficult. He should be saying that there's five steps or seven steps or he should be working them up. You know, he said, they have, you have to be sure that people really mean it. Yeah, I hear these preachers say, I heard one the other day on television. He says, now, now say these words after me, if you really mean it. He was leading them in a prayer of salvation. If you really mean it. I was thinking, do you mean it yourself? <laughs> Why pick on the people? We want to make it as, as, as hard as possible because we think that's genuine. But Jesus just announces, it's like a payday advance. I'm going to take the world's sins at the cross and son, you are forgiven. That does away with self-loathing. The self-loathing of a poor man who is paralyzed, who probably has been thinking, what wrong did I do? Why me? Why not the people I played with growing up as a boy? Why am I on this bed? Is God punishing me? Surely there must be some reason. It's done away with. You're forgiven. And to stop the arguing, Jesus turns to the theologians who says, I have a question for you. What's the easiest? To say your sins are forgiven or to tell them to get up and walk? And nobody wanted to tangle with that discussion. They say, well, we're not going to get into that. And Jesus said that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the theologians, I say to you, lame man, get up and walk. And immediately strength came in his feet and in his legs, and he was made whole. Hallelujah. This is good news. This is good news. Now, now, now I'm talking here. Faith is going to grow. First of all, Jesus was speaking the word. Everybody say the word. They came to Jesus to hear and to be healed. Now, to speak the word, I know it's confusing to many. The word is the gospel. The word is uh, uh, really the person of Jesus. Uh, let me make life a little difficult for you. Do you know that the Jewish Bible has 24 books? The Protestant Bible, and I'm very happy with my Protestant Bible, we got 66. But the Roman Catholics have 73 books. I'll answer that question another Sunday, but I'll just throw that out for you. But you see, I'm trying to jolt you a little bit because when it says 
he preached the word, we think chapter and verse. Preached the word. Actually, the proper way to describe the Bible is to call the Bible the Holy Scriptures. Given all Scripture, given by inspiration of God, I love my Bible. I love the Holy Scriptures. But in the book of Acts, when they were preaching the word, that was a reference to the person of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So it says they preached the Word, and the listeners were searching the Scriptures, the Bible, to see if what they said about the Word, the Word Jesus Christ, lined up with the Scriptures. So it's possible you can be preaching from chapters and verses in the Bible without preaching the Word, which is Jesus Christ. You can go through the book of Proverbs from chapter 1 to chapter 30, 31 and never mention Jesus once. So you may be preaching the Scriptures, but you're not preaching the Word because the Word is Jesus Christ. So I want you to know that when I say we are standing on the Word, I'm preaching the Word Faith comes by hearing the word. It's not just anything out of a chapter and verse. It is the word of Jesus Christ. And you see, so how Jesus is teaching the word. I'm teaching the word. I'm teaching Jesus Christ to you this morning. And you see, he, Jesus says, my word, the word about Christ is a seed. And every seed produces after its own kind. Every seed produces the life that is in it. Whether that is potato seed or rice or banana, it produces whatever is the life in it. But here today, as I'm teaching the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus has the life of God in them. There is healing, there is salvation, there is eternal life, there is freedom in the word Jesus Christ. And all I ask was any good farmer, he says, I just want a little open ground, a little good soil. I don't need a lot. Just give me your ear a little bit. Give me your heart a little bit. And before you know it, in the next 10, 15 minutes, I will have slipped in the word of Jesus Christ through your open ear, through your open heart. And it begins to produce and life comes and faith comes and joy comes and healing comes comes and it's growing and it's getting bigger. Hallelujah. So I'm a spiritual farmer with a seed bag. <laughs> I'm given the seed of the word of Jesus. And, and see, see this way. He said, your sins are forgiven. That's such therapeutic love. Son, your sins are forgiven. Notice with God, or contraire as compared to religion, that love always comes first. Love comes first. With religion, love comes last. If you do right, if you say the right words, if you speak the right way, then God will show his love to you. If you just do it right, if you pay the price, if you do this, then you will receive the blessing. But with, with God, the blessing, the love, the demonstration comes first. Hallelujah. Comes first. When the lame man was healed in John chapter 5, remember he had been lame for 38 years. 
And then it says later on, it says now that the man was made completely whole. He, was, he had left the place where he was. He was not paralyzed anymore. And he met Jesus in the temple a little while later. And Jesus said to him, now that you have been made perfectly whole, go and sin no more. What came first, the healing or sin no more? The healing came first. There was no qualification. If you make a commitment that you're not going to sin anymore, if you make a commitment, if you leave this place, this hospital wing, after 38 years, you're really going to be well behaved, then I'm going to heal you. No, that's how religion talks. With Jesus, the love comes first. So you say, well, you just removed every hindrance from me here. Yeah, I did. I did. This is healing Sunday. You can be healed right now. You say, I don't have to like check a certain number of boxes and, and, and do a certain. No, no, no. Love comes first. The blessing comes first. The healing comes first. That comes first. That comes right, right away. Your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. No questions asked. The blessing comes first. Even in your Christian life, it says in Galatians, I heard Pastor Nathan quote this. I think it was last Sunday. He says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Religion says, stop walking in the flesh and you'll get the spirit. But the gospel says, you get the spirit first. You get the spirit first. You walk in the spirit, walk in what you got. And then you'll notice by default almost that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The blessing comes first. In this, the love of God was manifested that he sent Jesus Christ that we might live through him. This is, this is love, not that we love God. By the way, I'm quoting from the Bible. I just won't tell you where. Uh, but this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent Jesus to be the mercy seat for our sins. See, in this, in this atmosphere of this therapeutic love of God, healing becomes easy. Faith is produced. Faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6. Uh, you see, it starts in your thoughts. It's amazing. Thoughts are coming to you this morning. N new thoughts are coming. Because I'm, I've been talking for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Faith is growing. Thoughts are coming. Some of you are thinking, oh, maybe I'll even get healed today. Well, that would be a sensation. I've been prayed for 700 times. This could, I, I think I might receive it today. Wow, people start thinking. Well, what, what, you see, I told the story, we were just in Indonesia here in September. It's October now, so it's September, last month. And I told you about that Muslim lady. She wasn't even coming to attend our meeting. She was just coming because her business had decided it's a big crowd going to hear this preacher, Peter Youngren, and we, they're going to be hungry because they're not going to have supper normal time. So you need to be there selling food. So she was away from the stadium selling food. She wasn't thinking of anything. She wasn't thinking about God. She was just there working a job to sell food to the people who were attending our festival in that city in Sulawesi, Indonesia. And, and she was a Muslim, so she very much felt like I'm not a part of this. But our loudspeakers, thank you, partners. Thank you for sponsoring powerful loudspeakers. <laughs> By the way, did you hear that? Thank you for sponsoring powerful loudspeakers. <laughs> our powerful loudspeakers were so strong that even 
even though she was over there waiting for the meeting to be over, she could listen to me. She listened. And when she listened, she began to think. Hmm, you're thinking. Could God help me? Is Jesus alive? And then the meeting was over, and she was selling food, and then she was done. She told us, the whole crowd, this the next night. She said, I just sat down in the ditch. Everybody was gone. Peter Younger was gone. All the people was gone. The food was gone. It was just me in the ditch. And she said, God, I'm a Muslim, you know. That's how I was born. But uh, God, I like what this preacher was saying about Jesus. I think I'm going to believe that. She was just thinking. Are you ready to think? Oh, what if that sickness that the doctor said is terminal, what if it isn't? What, what, what if that situation that somebody said is impossible, what's, what, if, what if that's not true? What if new thoughts, new thoughts are coming into your mind and to your heart right now? That's faith. So she said, Jesus, here I'm sitting in the ditch. I'm calling on you now. I heard the preacher saying that's referring to me. She says that some of you will be healed before you even come to the meeting. She says, well, this is way ahead of the next meeting. And she had had this large tumor. It was a great trouble to her, her husband. It was a very large tumor in the center of her chest. And suddenly it just burst and disappeared. And she said, there's not even a scar there. My husband was there to verify. Not even a scar. It all disappeared. You know what that is? That's faith. How did that come? Jesus gave it to her. Are you thinking right now? Are you thinking? Are you getting new thoughts? What if God could help me? What if I don't have to go through with that lawsuit? What if God could give me favor? What if a miracle could happen? What if? And so faith comes in your thoughts and then you speak it. We, we don't speak to stir ourselves into some kind of hypnosis. No, I, I believe, therefore I speak. Uh, faith is coming to you. I've seen this so many times. You know, I, I, I oh, some of you have seen on YouTube that story about the Hindu girl who, who was in a wheelchair and she was destined to be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life and, and was not on that video. It is how, how she began to think. Her father thought I was giving away free medication. You know, many people come to my meetings and they don't realize that I'm preaching Jesus. They think I'm giving away a bottle of medication for free. Some, some U.S. aid or something. They don't think Canadian aid. They always think I'm from America, but I'm, I'm a Canadian. But, but they think that. And so they think I'm giving away. They, they think, where, where are the bottles? Where's the medication? And so I get up to speak. And it's like, what? Where's the medication? And they begin to say, well, who, who's this Jesus? Who's this Jesus? And, and this Hindu family, he had brought his daughter. And she was in the wheelchair. And, and you can see it on YouTube. But the part that we don't tell there is that when I begin to pray, like I'm probably going to pray this morning, uh, you know, this, this, the father was standing and the girl is in the wheelchair and she was hitting him. She was hitting him on the side, saying, Daddy, I think I can walk. He said, no, hush, you can't walk. We all know that. She said, no, she hit him and said, I can walk, Daddy. He said, no, 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 stay quiet. Medication is coming. <laughs> you see, what, what, where did that thought come from? She was thinking new thoughts. Oh, thank God. I thank, see right now thoughts are coming all over this room. You say maybe this lupus, maybe I don't have to live with it for the rest of my life. Maybe, maybe the effects of the stroke I had, maybe that mini stroke even, maybe that's going to be gone. 
Maybe, oh, faith is coming right now. Come on. Uh, faith is coming. This is beautiful. Faith. And, and then that leads to action. You know, I, I don't tell people just go do whatever. Throw, throw away your glasses. Uh, throw away your hearing aid. Throw your crutches and hope for the best. No, no, no. I don't say like that. I say to people, believe on Jesus. Listen to Jesus. He will give you new thoughts. You'll speak in a new way. You'll see things in a new way. And then you'll begin to act in a new way. You, you, you'll take steps and do things you couldn't do before. It's almost by default. It's almost automatic. This is true in all, I talked to you about that Hindu girl, but it's true in many other areas. It's true when it comes to forgiveness. It's true when it comes to areas of doing things in your business. It's true. How many believe that, that in your heart faith has come that God wants you to prosper? God wants your business, your career, your education to succeed. You believe that? Now you can say, I believe in prosperity, I believe in healing, I believe in, you believe in all kinds of things. But I'm talking about this life-changing faith that comes because of God's love for you. And so it, it leads to action. That's what caused me as a 14-year-old to, 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 to start a little postcard business. And I was making five cents in every postcard I sold, and I put it all into the gospel because I, I got faith in my heart. I don't need that for ice cream. God can supply that in other ways. I'm going to do that. That's why I tell you the story. Uh, many years ago now, I was complaining to the Lord we needed money, and God told me, give $10,000 away. I didn't have $10,000. I don't tell others to do this, but I scraped together. I borrowed here off of this card and that card. Please don't do what I did. But I felt the Lord say, give. If you believe I'm a prosper, give. Give and it shall be given unto you. It's not a trick. It's not some magic. It's just a reality of faith at work in you. God is my source. God is my source. Hallelujah. That's why the boy gave the lunch basket. That's why he said, oh, Jesus needs my lunch basket. There was a spontaneous reaction. I was like, I don't know. What am I going to eat? I got five loaves and two fish. Mama sent me from home. If I give that to Jesus... I got nothing. See, I'm not asking you to do that, to bring yourself under such agony. I'm saying, do you believe? I believe that the whole world needs to hear the gospel. And I'm going to act like, you know, there are hundreds of you, thousands of you, people who stand with me in this, but I'm going to say, I'm going to give it all we got. We're gonna, we, we, we talked about Madagascar and then Indonesia. They're calling us all over Indonesia, which is the world's largest Muslim country. We're going to places others don't go. Because we're seeing a harvest. Pastors are happy. Politicians are amazed. And we give praise to God. So that all involves. Maybe you want to be a part of this. You say, I believe in this. Well, then, then you'll have a chance to give. I'm going to just give you some seeds. I wrote down some seeds. Remember, I'm a farmer. So let me give you some seeds here. Put them up on the screen. First Corinthians 1. Here's a good seed for you. But of him, of God, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom. You need wisdom? Jesus became for you wisdom. Have you tapped into that? And righteousness? You need to be assured that your sins are forgiven. And sanctification, good, right living, and redemption, meaning bought free. That, that's a seed. Think about that. Think about that seed. That's who God made Jesus to be for you. Let me give you another seed. I love seeds. Here's for those who say, I, I want to participate. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food 
God is a supplier to the sower. If you're a sower, expect supply. He may supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all generosity, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. There you have my thanksgiving message. I just squeezed it in right there. It causes us to give praise to God. Generosity in all areas. God gives seed to the sower. That's a good word. You receive that. And you receive it through the person of Jesus Christ. That it's all in Jesus. It is because of Jesus Christ. It is because of him. He is the seed supplier. Then Romans 8.31. Here's another little seed I'm giving you. What shall we say to these things? Do you have some things going on in your life? Is there some stuff going on? Huh? Problems? Doctors, diagnosis, social worker, family situation, call from the school. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And he didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Did you get that? Did you get that? If God gave Jesus, is he going to hold back some other blessing? If God gave Jesus, is he holding back on other things? I've used the illustration. It's like you get engaged and husband or future husband-to-be, you bring an engagement ring to your future wife. And you say, honey, this is for you. And then she says, oh, that's a beautiful ring. Then she says, can I keep the box? You're like, what? Can I keep the box? What do you think? I spent all my money on the ring and you're wondering if you can keep the box? See, that's how many Christians are. Oh God, you gave Jesus, but, but, but could you heal arthritis? Well, I don't know about that. That's, that's, that's pushing it. You're really stretching it now. Uh, could, could you help my, my mental wholeness? How, how about, how, could you help me with this other area? I had a little accident and I fell down the stairs and hurt my foot. Uh, well, that'd be, that'd be a stretch. He gave you Jesus. He gave Jesus Christ. But do you think he could give you everything else with him? Come on, somebody give praise to God. One more seed to give you. I love this one. This is how it's all going to be wrapped up. 1 Corinthians 5. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? The one thing people are so afraid of. Those people in Madagascar, 70% of them who practice this ancestral worship. They're not the only ones wrestling with the topic of death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is the word. Remember, it said, through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is not just a statement from a chapter and a verse. This is the word of Jesus. My first prayer today is going to be a prayer of receiving this new life from Jesus Christ. And if you say, I want to receive this, I've drifted away, I've gone my own way. Your sins are forgiven. He put them away and you just receive it. You don't pay for it. You don't earn it. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff first. Receive it receive it. 
How many would say today, Peter, I'd like to receive the forgiveness of sin. I'd like to receive this new life, eternal life through Jesus. Maybe you've never done it or maybe you have somehow been gliding away from it. If you say, yes, I want to be included now, lift your hands all over this room. There are many of you. Lift up your hands. Let me see where you are. Yes, 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 yes. Lift your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I preached you, and now I thank you that you're here to confirm your word, the word of you, by healing and showing yourself alive. I thank you that there will be signs of the resurrection of Jesus in these next few minutes. I give you praise. I give you praise, Jesus. You know the healing power of God is here right now, touching people, touching people. There are people being healed of heart conditions right now. People are being healed in your heart. Others have bronchial problems. Others is not exactly bronchitis, but it has to do with your lungs and your breathing. So it is in that area. It's that type, that kind of group of sicknesses. Jesus is healing your lungs right now. He's healing your breathing. Take a deep breath in the name of Jesus. I'm announcing just announcements from the Lord Jesus Christ right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for healing the lung and the respiratory organs. I thank you in the name of Jesus for arthritis and rheumatism being healed once and for all. I speak to rheumatism and arthritis to leave in the name of Jesus. Uh, I receive right now. Somebody has a growth on your body. I don't know if it's a tumor, growth, whatever. I don't know what will be the proper name, but in the name of Jesus, just like we've seen around the world right here in Toronto now, I speak to growths. I speak to tumors, whatever, whatever that is that foreign thing that shouldn't be there in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave right now and I receive the healing life of Jesus. As I'm speaking now, power from Jesus is with you. Some of you are aware that the power of God is touching your feet and you're thinking, I need to move my feet. I need to do what was normally painful. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. Others of you have that problem in your knees and your back and your shoulders and the thoughts have come to you. I'm going to do what I didn't do before. Get out whatever gave me pain. I'm going to do it right now. Move your back. Move your shoulders. Move your legs right now. Jesus Christ is healing you. Jesus is healing you now. I give you praise Lord Jesus. I thank you for your healing power. Put your hand on your chest symbolically of your whole body. Lord I know in this short time span we cannot mention every sickness and every disease. But Lord, I include every one of them. Whatever it is, lupus, uh, headaches, uh, problem in the bloodstream, in the kidney, in the liver, in the name of Jesus, uh, we receive the healing power of God all over this room right now. I command sickness to go. I speak to pain to go in the name of Jesus. Those who have been in an accident, uh, were hit by a car, hit by a train, hit by a motorcycle, hit by another person, uh, or fell down and hurt themselves. I thank you for healing now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I speak to deafness to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing the eyes and the ears. I give you praise, Lord. 
Lift your hand and give God praise for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your healing power is touching people. Your healing power is touching people in the name of Jesus.